Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. podcast from the International Motorsports Association and Radio Show Limited. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. The Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge on IMSA Radio. Let's immediately go down to our Continental Tire pit lane reporter, Shea Adam, who's out in the sunshine. The weather, by the way, has been picture perfect. I got in on Tuesday night in the midst of a thunderstorm, but that's blown through. Uh, yesterday, Wednesday for Midweek Motorsport was great. Thursday, we had a Porsche event. Hello to everybody at Porsche of Wallingford and everyone who turned out. Nearly 200 excited Porsche owners there yesterday evening to see the Pink Pig. The Le Mans winning livery uh, in RSR form, along with Lawrence Van Tour and Earl Bamber. We had a great night down there, beautiful evening. And today's year is as about uh, is as about as good as it gets. It is perfect. No Simpsons clouds in the sky, even oh. just a big blue thing up there, completely unabated and uninterrupted. It's gorgeous weather for race day here at Lime Rock Park. Well, not race day, but we're getting ready for race day because that will be tomorrow with two different series running. But for today, we couldn't get things kicked off until 10 a.m. Now, it seems like a bit of a late start for us, John. We, we got to have a nice leisurely breakfast over at Marion's. Why are things getting started at 10? Because a bit like a homeowner's association, there's a curfew. We could not fire up a race engine until 10 a.m. this morning. So all the cars that are now surrounding me on this pit lane had to wait until the strike of 10 a.m. to fire up and come on out to the pit lane. They will be going out on track for a sort of brief practice session, not as short as some of the ones later on. That'll be in about a minute and a half's time that they'll be cleared to go. But it was kind of odd walking down to the pit lane and seeing nobody around. And then they all came out of the floodgates at once. Well, who were the first two cars that made their way out? That would be Team TGM. The 46 leads out the four. So the two team cars looking for a bit of open air. And we might just see a fast lap from that number 46 car right off the bat, sitting fourth in the championship coming into this weekend, John. And they are feeling good about their chances at a win. Whilst we're about to get the green flag any second now, give me some of the entry list news if you wouldn't mind share uh, we've got a couple new cars well first off we have the 31 TCR entry that is the Rumberg squared car because it is the brothers Rumberg driving that we missed that Volkswagen at Canadian Tire Motorsport Park they're back this weekend we have the number 12 eUroparts.com Audi back running again again a TCR car Kenton Cook and Tom Gorman sharing that entry this is the home race for the eUroparts car so they decided to bring the 12 out to join the 10 of Lee Carpentier and Kyrian O'Rourke. We've got a new entry from Strom Motorsports. That would be the number 67. It is uh, DePillo and, uh, of course, Mr. Strom staring that entry. And we have one more TCR car, a new one, uh, coming out this weekend. But I don't see it out on the pit lane as the green flag has come out. And uh, we have cars rolling out onto the racetrack. Let's just have a listen to that from Shea as they pull out. Uh, onto the pit lane and the TCR cars may well be a factor here as our oh, lovely piece of flying by our uh, medivac helicopter pilot just dropping in right opposite us in the uh, what looks like a Eurocopter to me 
dropping in there. Nicely parked there. Jeremy Shaw is alongside me. A good morning to you, Jeremy, and welcome back to this green and pleasant land. Yeah, thanks, John. Uh, great to be back here at Lime Rock Park. Always a fun place to come, particularly, as Shay Adam was saying, when the weather is as perfect as it is right now. And, yeah, the uh, the curfews, that's one of the things you've got to put up with here. It's a, uh, a residential community. We're a r very rural community. We're out in the middle of, sort of in the middle of nowhere, but there are quite a lot of residents around. And even though the track's been here for uh, well over 50 years, uh, the some of the residents haven't, but uh, we... we we pay respect to them. There's oh, a yes. church right across the, the uh, Highway 112 over there as well. So uh, we do uh, pay uh, our respects to the local community here by trying to keep the noise uh, within bounds and within uh, sensible uh, limits of, uh, of time as well. Uh, just talking, by the way, of the, the new entrance uh, in, in TCR and one of the older ones. Uh, I, I bumped into um, Sharon, Connecticut resident, by the way, local resident, Lee Carpentier. Ah. Uh, I've known Lee for a long, long time. He's a long time skip barber instructor and I saw him uh, this morning uh, and he uh, corrected us on, on the pronunciation right. of his name. Kay. Carpentier. Uh, uh, not uh, Carpentier, not uh, Carpentier. 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 Not, right. not even Carpentier, Carpentier. Carpentier, yeah. right. Uh, as, in, as in cheer for Carpentier, uh, for Carpentier was, it was, it was uh, coined by Gerardo Bonilla, who's one of his uh, uh, long-time uh, schoolmates, if you like, or, or, or teacher mates at the Skip Barber Racing School. So uh, Lee Carpentier, Car Carpentier, who's done an excellent job the last few races, Cars. by the way. That car's been super fast, sharing with Kieran O'Rourke and uh, looking forward to being back here again this weekend after missing the most previous, the most recent race. Said this in Midweek Motorsport on Wednesday, Shea, when you were still up in Canada and I was standing where I am now uh, doing the, uh, the hosting of our weekly to our live show or over on RS1 we're on RS2 IMSA Radio at the moment I think the TCR cars could be a real factor here this weekend they are very quick indeed uh, and they like medium fast and fast corners no chicane being used so it is the uh, the uphill right hand uh, right hander that's being used the old form uh, of the circuit for the Canadian for the Canadian table yeah, I'm two weeks behind, sorry. Uh, for Lime Rock Park and the Continental Tyre Sports Car Challenge. A couple of other notes from you on the entry list, Chip? It's not completely out of the question that a TCR car wins overall yeah. either, John. So that's something else to watch for. That's where the yellows fall if there are any. Eggs. And we're at Lime Rock Park. There will be yellows. Uh, <laughs> it's so a bit like winter is coming from Game of Thrones. Yellows are coming. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> I don't either, I have but no, I heard it I once. have no uh, frame of reference for Game of Thrones. Uh, we've got a couple of... Uh, other entry list notes. Jeremy Shaw rightly realized this morning that we are down a McLaren, the number 69 Motorsports and Action Crew, not sitting on the Lexus ah. pit box, which they normally share, so they are not here this weekend. The Aston Martin Automatic Racing. We always knew it was going to be Rob Eklund in the car. We just didn't know with whom. Well, it is Chris Wilson again this weekend. Right. So that's another uh, big name of note. And what was my third tidbit? I can't remember my third tidbit now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you know if I can recall Shit, it. this is not good when the youngest member of our team is forgetting stuff. That's Jeremy and I's job, <laughs> not yours. Yeah, we have an excuse. Yes. I'll, I'll forget it well, temporarily. Okay, fine. That seems, <laughs> seems reasonable. Shea Adam, our Continental Tire Pit Lane reporter, I think. 
Uh, you're yeah. listening to IMSA Radio live from Trackside. We're underway. We're going to let everybody settle down. The lap times here, even for the Continental cars, will be uh, substantially under a minute. Oh, Shea's remembered. Hang on, we'll go back to Shea before she forgets again. Go it's, on. it's really bad because we ate breakfast with them. Oh, dear. The 57 Windward Racing Mercedes is also back this weekend. Yes, we well lost good. them from a crash at Watkins Glen uh, that Bryce Ward was behind the wheel at the time. He's back. We also have Indy Donchi back, so it is a full-fledged Mercedes attack. Two cars from that team this weekend, and yes, last time out, they got a podium, so keep an eye on them. Yeah, their best result ever with uh, Russell Ward uh, doing a cracking job in the yeah. early part of the race, backed ably up, as you might expect, by the highly experienced Damien Faulkner, who finished the race. He was the closer, and he did close very well indeed. Yeah, he did, yeah. There's been some, well, we've always had great races, that we, in the uh, Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge, and we've had a few crackers lately. Uh, a couple of balance of performance no notes coming into this weekend. The uh, Fords that have been so strong lately, winning uh, three of the last four races, with, well, actually, four, all of the last four races, uh, three of them for Nate Stacey and Carl Marcelli, who've been absolutely stellar in the... Uh, the uh, number fifty nine, uh, number sixty, Roush Performance Core Motorsports entry. They've won three of the four. The other winner being Chad McCombie and Patrick Gallagher for the Multimatic Motorsports team. The, the Fords this weekend, uh, slight to change to the engine restrictor, the air restrictor, which allows air into the engine. That has now been restricted by 0.4 of a millimeter, uh, which is a reasonably substantial change. Uh, that'll that'll co cost them some horsepower. Also, 10 kilos of weight added to the Ford Mustang GT4s and a slightly reduced fuel tank as well by three and a half litres. They've been getting very, very good fuel economy. They've had super fast pace uh, the last few races and so they've been trimmed back a little bit this weekend. The McLaren, uh, sadly only the one this weekend, uh, it's got a slight break. Uh, about th well, actually, 35 kilos off the weight of that car compared to last weekend. That's quite a substantial change. Nearly 75 pounds of weight reduced from that car. Also, one uh, uh, slight increase in the uh, fuel tank size. But that's that's a bit surprising because that car pitted well before mm. everybody else the last couple of weekends. I'm surprised that hasn't changed a little bit more. Uh, but they have at least made the, tried to make that car a little bit bit more competitive but we will miss the MIA car this weekend Mo motorsport in action not missing in action <laughs> but motorsport in action not here this MIA weekend MIA yeah uh, and a, a real shame because that that team uh, has uh, has shown uh, so much uh, promise in uh, recent weekends and uh, the they've it's been a real struggle well last year or so they've been in the series but it's been a real struggle this season they've had all sorts of things go wrong uh, the the car hasn't been competitive this year yes. either. That's why the McLaren's got a bit of a break this weekend on the weight. Yes. But uh, that team electing to to skip certainly this weekend. Hopefully they will be back because uh, it's a really good operation for Jesse Lazare and Corey Fergus, two very talented drivers, very accomplished drivers, and we hope to see them back soon. Continental Tire pit lane report with our GS points leader because Nate Stacy, you've been uh, more than quite victorious this year. The Mustang has been a very strong platform for you and Kyle Marcelli. Coming in this weekend though, in an uncomfortable position because you're the championship leader. You don't know what to do with this, do you? Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of a, we don't really know what to do at the moment. We're like, we don't know, we've never been in this situation before. So um, yeah, Jack and Dean have been dealing with this kind of stuff for a long time. They've raced forever. So I think we'll be all right, me and Kyle are, feeling pretty strong. Uh, the BOP kind of hit us this weekend with a couple different items. So 
They're trying to slow us down a bit in the pits and a bit on track, so hopefully we can overcome the issues and still have a good finishing this weekend. You expecting that to make much of a difference because Lime Rock is such a, a small track that really the top speed isn't the most important thing. Yeah, I don't know. Um, the the Mercedes and the and the Audi were faster than us in Canada, which is why I was kind of disappointing that we uh, we got hit instead of them. But um, it's understandable. We're having a really good season this so far. We're having really good executions every race. So uh, hopefully for Road America, they kind of realize that we're not quite as slow as they or not quite as fast as they think we are. So. Well, I mean, they were faster than you, but you still walked away with the trophy. You were a bit shell-shocked when I interviewed you after the win. How long did it take for that to settle in, and then the realization that you and Kyle, you got a real shot at this championship? Well, I thought we would be close on the points channel, on the points race, and then afterwards I looked on the website, and we were like, one and two on the website. I'm like, oh, no, it's official now. I'm like, So, um, honestly, it's kind of just surreal because it's such a lineup this year of incredible drivers. It's honestly, I'm so honored to even be a part of the series let alone be leading here right now. So honestly, it's it's just a cool little cool little thing to add to the resume. 60's already got three wins this year. Good luck making it four. Hopefully it's four this week, after this weekend. Uh, another of the Fords this weekend, the number 15 car, Scott Maxwell and Chase Briscoe. Chase Briscoe, one of the uh, the youngsters, the, the Ford performance youngsters who's racing primarily in the uh, in the uh, Camping World Truck Series, Rookie of the Year he was last season. Uh, he got fastest lap of the race, yes. by the way, last time out. Yeah. I just at, was listening uh, to the, the end of the race before we came on air. That's mm. what was playing on RS2. And we mentioned that at the end yeah. and I'd forgotten about that in yeah. the interim. Yeah. Very impressive, that youngster. And uh, he, the, the, unfortunately, they had problems in that race. They were way, way behind everybody else. But uh, Chase Briscoe nevertheless got that fastest lap. Also, I think he won, did he not, this week at Eldora on, on the dirt. On the dirt. The trucks, the truck, I the love the trucks on race. the dirt. So what, what, what great variety for, for Chase briscoe this week are from trucks on the dirt to uh, lime rocker on the asphalt i mean in many ways there's some similarities between there and here and this, this is, is the as real close as we as get well. to a, a, but, an oval uh, isn't it yeah <laughs> yes uh, this weekend on the radio show limited network of channels we have the bull ring that is lime rock park and the red bull ring uh, out in austria johnny palmer leading our coverage of the elms and michelin road to le mans that will be over on RS1, I think, but you better check RadioLamont.com for details of the schedule. Sound and vision for qualifying and both races from the Red Bull Ring. And, of course, we'll have sound and vision here for you for the Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge. It's a big day on uh, Saturday with uh, two races and a qualifying session. And the Continental Tire Race plus the IMSA WeatherTech Race will be live in Sound and Vision wherever you are. If you're outside North America, you'll also get in Sound and Vision uh, without any breaks, uh, uh, of course, uninterrupted flag-to-flag coverage. Uh, and that will be for those of you outside North America. For those of you in North America, uh, Brian Till leading the coverage on FS1, which uh, starts, I think, at 4 Eastern uh, on Saturday, remember, is race day, and uh, they'll be uh, they're down in Charlotte for that, as usual. We're here trackside, and we'll continue. Hello to everyone uh, getting in touch with us on at IMSA Radio this morning. A special hello to McLaren Philadelphia. Talking about only being one McLaren here this weekend. McLaren Philadelphia, I'm not sure who it is who does your uh, social media and who is listening in at the moment, but good to know that you are. And they provided me, McLaren Philadelphia provided me with one of the uh, Mobile One moments of the race at Le Mans uh, because we had one of our listeners who got fired for listening to Le Mans during his work day. And the moment we mentioned that, McLaren Philadelphia offered the chap a job 
What I don't know to pay that off is whether that offer was taken up. So we'll try and find that out. But uh, hello to everyone at McLaren Philadelphia listening in. And next time I'm flying through Philadelphia, I'll try and have a layover and come and say hello because you sound like a good bunch of people. And plus you've got McLarens, which is never a bad thing. Uh, we are 13 and a half minutes in. Trent Hinman in the pit lane has put the fastest time in 55.498. Then it's the Mercedes of Hugh Plum. The number 46 TGM car, that's in the pit lane as well. Stephen McAleer for Porsche, the number five car in third. So three different manufacturers in the top three, all in the 55s. And in fact, down to fifth position uh, with Matt Plum in the McLaren, number 76. Small cheer from McLaren of Philadelphia there. Just going back out again, that is also in the 55s. An awful lot of people betting in brakes on the pit lane if the amount of smoke and new brick smell coming from what appears shit to be the TCR Audis, I think. Right now, the worst offenders on the pit lane are the number 10 eEuroparts.com car, the number 77, and the 74 uh, Audis of Compass Racing. So there are about mm, 12 smoking brakes from all the cars, although the, the front seem to be a lot worse than the rears. So a lot of abuse being taken from this very quick little track. Uh, the TCR cars haven't been here before in IMSA competition and the best of them is Tom O'Gorman in the number 12 he Euro parts supported machine the number 9 but that's ninth position uh, and he's got a 56 too so that's not hanging about that's in the middle of the GS field for that car Pierre Kleinerbing's just gone out in the 75 car he's on a 56 6 in ST the best is the form car the number 81 Bimmer World BMW 59.2 so all three class leaders under a minute round here including the ST what sort of time should we be looking for Jeremy obviously TCR haven't been here before but ST and GS have indeed and the lap record was set by uh, the the guys fastest so far Trent Hinman last year in qualifying at a 55.388 so wow, we're not about a no, we're already with a tenth of a second of that on a green perfect track conditions. yeah but yeah. perfect conditions yeah, true, this good point. but you're right it is green there's been no rubber laid down so uh, times will improve no question about that uh, in uh, as you say TCR not been here before so that record to be established uh, ST the qualifying record set last year again in qualifying by Chad McCombie in the Mazda MX-5 at a 59.052 so that uh, yeah I'd be interested to see whether that mark goes today Chad McCombie of course uh, has graduated a former champion in ST now driving one of those uh, very accomplished Fords in the GS category and already he and Patrick Gallagher last year's MX-5 mm. Global Cup champion already won one race this season and and going for a fourth in a row here I think Cher in terms of victories in various machine so over the uh, the last uh, three years, four years. I, I seem to remember that it has been Chad and Stephen McAleer who have won the ST class here the last three years on the trot so interesting that they're not sharing a car this weekend means that only one of them can be victorious if at all although there's a lot of other GS cars that are looking to get in the way just had uh, the guys back uh, on Twitter from uh, McLaren Philadelphia said we have been in touch with Antonio who's the chap who lost his job while I listened to Le Mans uh, been messaging backwards and forwards says mainly geography have caused an issue with him joining us but we're working on, with him 
putting together a proper CV to help him find work at a local Ferrari dealership to him. That is the power of the uh, Radio Show Limited Collective. That is brilliant stuff. Thanks, guys, for paying off that story. A lot of you will have heard that, I'm sure, uh, whilst we were at the morning. Gregory, if you're listening as well... Uh, elsewhere in the country than Philadelphia, as we now know. Um, good luck with your job sh- search. Uh, Antonio, sorry. Yes, uh, Antonio. Uh, good luck with your job search and let us know how things, uh, how things go for you. Uh, and good news for that. And, uh, well, if you're in the Philadelphia area and uh, you're in the fortunate position to be able to afford something as exotic as a McLaren, go and say hello to a set of really decent people who sell very, very lovely British motor cars. Uh, thanks, guys, for paying that one off. That's really cool. And uh, keep listening right across the weekend. We're live from Trackside here at Lime Rock Park, around the circuit as well on the fabulous public address system. Lovely to have you company. Already a big crowd this Friday. A lot of people parking their cars under the shade. The mini club were out early this morning, looking fantastic. Big... Uh, representation with the mini corral just on the far side of the circuit from us and they had some uh, guided laps this morning not at speed and we'll be trackside for every single session here this weekend in audio at RS2 IMSA Radio via the player at RadioLamont.com and of course the IMSA app and if you don't have the IMSA app well we gave it a bit of a turbo boost earlier in the season Evo version and it's even faster and better than ever. It's absolutely free from the App Store. Available on a number of the main operating systems. No excuse not to stay in touch. And uh, we might ask you for a bit of information, but we'll never ask you for any cash, either to download it or to use it. No in-app purchase required here. Just the information that you want, including our audio, onboard cameras, and lots of information about your favourite sports car racing series. That's the IMSA app. Search for IMSA app on your app store, whichever version of the smart devices you are using and I've got it for Android and it's mega love it to bits so we are just coming up to 20 minutes of the one hour of free practice one in the books still that Bimmerwell BMW the 81 on a 59.2 best of ST Tom O'Gorman's back out in the number 12 Audi and it's Audi 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 uh, the top eight in TCR. Love the TCR class, but please, next year, will somebody bring a Hyundai or Honda, Honda Civic or, yeah. or a couple of more VWs? Because that's all it needs. We've got, what, nine cars, I think, this weekend. There's an uh, Alfa over here. No, at least th- one there Alpha is an Alfa, yes, so. and Juliet, a front-wheel yeah. drive, yeah. Yeah. Another, another half a dozen, maybe four or five, if we could get sort of... 14, 15 of those and a couple yeah. of different manufacturers. Uh, that will be the second class next year. ST now in its final year and thank you to all the ST competitors and car builders down through the years who provided us with such brilliant, brilliant entertainment and racing. Yeah, great great to see that you know, the, the new two new cars this weekend as Shea was talking about uh, earlier on. The One of the cars, number 61 car for uh, Gavin Ernson and John Morley. And the other one for Brett Strom and David DePillo. D- Brett Strom and David DePillo, by the way, they're, they're the, the team principals at Strom Motorsports are running both of those cars. Based out in California, done a lot of uh, racing out there. 
um, but uh, not really, not necessarily at this level. But they've 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 had these cars for a little while, done a little bit of testing. They've done uh, some kind of club races, NASA races out on the west coast. Did a bit of testing at Button Willow Raceway Park before they came here. So uh, certainly a, a very welcome addition to the series and you know great now to have that uh, that class for the first time in double figures with 10 cars entered mm. this weekend and uh, i think you're absolutely right john that is ripe for growth that uh, championship ttr is a, a really good concept that uh, is taking off yeah the uh, also nice to see as well that some of the st teams uh, have already graduated either up into tcr some of them jumped straight into GT, uh, gs with the gt4 cars uh, as well, so we've still got big fields for the Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge, and uh, that won't change for next year, although we'll be back with just two categories. We should also mention our great thanks to Continental down through the years, who've been the title sponsor of this part of the IMSA weekend, and uh, we will miss their input and their friendship as well from the whole Continental Tire team who have been brilliant supporters of motor racing in the US. They're taking a, a little step back from their motor racing activities for a wee while. They will be welcome back any time. We'll miss the gold and black of their trucks, caps and liveries around the circuit. But it is the IMSA Continental Tire Sports Guard Challenge at Lime Rock Park and we're just under 39 minutes still to go at the top of the timing screen. Ford, Porsche, Mercedes, Mercedes, McLaren with Matt Plum in fifth position. That's numbers 7, 5, 46, 4 and 76. Then Damien Faulkner in sixth in the 33 coming off a third place finish. Top seven within half a second or thereabouts with Eric Voss. In the number 56 Mercedes, the Murillo Racing Tangerine and Black Car in seventh position. Very tight indeed, as you might imagine, when a lap is only 55, 56 seconds around here. Get a lot of bang for your buck here, though, Jeremy. That's why race schools are so popular here, because in any given amount of time, you get to tackle each corner many, many times. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's great, isn't it? And it is a good place to, to make your, your debut because because of that fact. I mean, repetition yes. is one of the keys to success in this sport. Uh, and uh, there's certainly rep plenty of repetition around here. And, yeah, yeah the, it, it might only be seven corners here, but each of the corners has a very distinct character, its own very distinct characteristics, and it's a really fun, challenging racetrack, this one. It, it's just uh, an absolutely tremendous uh, racetrack. And, uh, by the way, of course, uh, for those of you who are not here, the uh, Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge between uses the traditional Lime Rock uphill. Pass, uh, uh, course here with the, the uphill corner and the downhill, no chicane, whereas the uh, IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship field will be using the chicane uh, at the, at the uh, uphill. before the uphill. Yes. So, uh, yeah. so that's the, the difference. So we are using two different configurations this weekend. And that, that's happened before here. That's yep. become a bit of standard practice here. And yep. The track services guys turn it around very quickly Indeed, obviously slightly, high, slightly higher speeds being achieved by the GT Le Mans cars and the GTD Daytona cars as well uh, than that which we see in GS. I saw some pictures last night from one of the guests down at Porsche of uh, Wallingford of the Trans Am cars, uh, front wheels well off the ground going over the top of the rise. And in Marion's, and good morning to Marion, Sandra, Jeannie and the rest of the crew, 
thank you for breakfast and looking after us again there up on the top of the hill. Gentle walk down the hill to the booth this morning. Uh, I was watching the 19, I think it was an 87 Camel GT race here and the Lone Brown 962 popping the front wheels off the ground every lap over the uphill. Just extraordinary footage, which I have no idea how Sandra found that, but brilliant stuff to get us in the mood on uh, Wednesday when we were here for Midweek Motorsport. It, yeah. I mean, that, I wish I'd been here for those days. Uh, mega those cars. You were here, weren't you? Yeah, for, for some of those. Yeah, I wasn't here for the um, for the outright lap record, which was set by uh, PJ Jones, I think, here, wasn't it? In the Eagle, I wasn't here for that, but uh, I do remember John Morton have a massive accident uh, off, off the uphill there. The, yes, he did. In the Nissan, that car flipped over backwards, and that was pretty scary. It's actually really as a result of that that the chicane uh, came in, if, if I remember rightly. But, uh, yeah, spectacular racetrack, and there's been some you know, just tremendous action here over the years. And, by the way, the hosts of that show were Bob Varsha and Lynn St. James. Uh-huh. And Bob Varsha, other than the few more grey hairs, has not changed one bit. There must be a picture of him in a, an attic somewhere. Uh, Trent Hinman, still quickest, has just gone back out in the number seven Porsche. And she has this Continental Tire pit lane report from down in their pit area. Well, John, I think I figured out why the Mustang might have been a little bit quicker than everyone else. It might have been a little bit lighter because when it came to a stop in its pit box, it dumped what I quote one of our very wise pit lane officials, several quarts of oil on the pit ball. So uh, they seemed to top him back off, figure out where the leak was coming from, pour down a whole lot of sand that they've now swept up against the pit wall and send Tran back out. But that might have been the difference. He might have been a few (laughs) pounds lighter. Unfortunately, it would have been oil affecting the engine. Yeah, you don't want to nip up around here. This is an extraordinarily quick track. Short, but fast. The stat that keeps coming up year after year in IMSA competition is that this is the shortest track that we go to all year. The longest track is Road America, just over four miles. And and any given year, one of those two tracks will be the fastest average lap speed. Uh, It alternates between the two depending on the weather conditions and the balance of performance and the formula right up there as well Canadian Time Motorsport Park but very interesting to me that the longest and the shortest of our tracks vie for that fastest lap speed on any given season of IMSA and that's what you're listening to at the moment it's IMSA Radio live from Trackside Cheer Adam is our Continental Tire pit lane reporter Jeremy Shaw and John Hindoff in uh, what used to be race control and long since outgrown that area so have passed it over to us and we are able to see a little bit of the start finish straight under the bridge at the end of the San Posey straight and into that very tricky double apex first corner very easy to either over break and go in there too slow and lose a lot of time or break too late and go long and lose a lot of time <laughs> Uh, to lap we were talking about you know repeat 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 you know that you've messed the lap up immediately at turn one Jeremy and there'll be a lot of people down through the years and have gone oh, well, there's another one gone <laughs> Jeremy has a hand up at the moment yeah I did, I did the um, the uh, would, have, would have been the 40th anniversary or 35th anniversary I think it was Formula Ford event here uh, <clears throat> a few years ago and uh, was it 25th Oh God! I can see Jeremy's oh gears grinding in his brain. It was 93, I think, wasn't it? And uh, Skip Barber had a uh, 
we had a race for old timers and wannabes and never wases and things and and myself and Paul Fanner from Racer Magazine and somebody else who was actually racing in 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 IMSA at that time I've forgotten his name I apologize the three of us had a fabulous battle until I ran out of talent down at Big Bend and just you know, the usual thing just left the break in a little bit too hard. the pass was great unfortunately it didn't quite just make for a the moment the corner. yeah <laughs> you had the position for a yes, moment, I did. Yeah, we had a great back and forth, and then I finally ran out of time. But it was great fun, and and it, you know, it is it's a super fun racetrack. Is because uh, in those sort of cars, and even in these, you get a pretty good draft down the, down yes. the front straight here. I mean, the, the downhill. I, I love the corners here. I mean, you've got big bend. That's what it because is. Because it's a big we've bend. Yes, is that's what it is. Yeah. We've got the uphill. Oh, we've got no name straight. Brilliant. Uh, the uphill, which is what it is. The west bend, which is at the west end of the racetrack, and then the downhill. It's not, Just know, what it's, it says. It's, 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 it, right, what it says on the tin. Yes. Isn't that right? We like that. But it's a great racetrack. It, it really is a fun place. And it does produce some tremendous competition. And uh, you know, we're going to be seeing that this weekend. I actually find it hard to believe now, as we get three wide going into Big Bend, under the bridge at the end of the Sam Posey straight there, that we had full-on Le Mans prototypes here within my remembrance. I watched Dindo Capello and Alan McNish here in the Audi R8s. And, and there were pretty scary motor cars around here. And, and I, I find Muscle Milk in 2013 with, with their open-top cars here. Um, you know, down through the years, quite an extraordinary run of IMSA racing that we've seen uh, down here. Uh, it oh, yeah. suits the GT categories very, very well indeed. And the last couple of seasons when this and VIR have been the two uh, GT showcase events have been very good indeed. And I think it, that was a really smart move by the powers that be to be able to give the GT cars a, a little bit of their own limelight at Lime Rock. The, um, the outright circuit record here. Yes, I know. <laughs> Is that right? Go on. 32.112 seconds, is that By right? what? PJ Jones in the, in the Eagle Toyota in 93. Mm. Uh, and that, I think, I think that was with, that was with the chicane. Right, stand by. Is it really? Crikey. 128 miles an hour. Um, not, is that a typo? <laughs> I'm checking. Stand by, caller. 32.112. Shears <laughs> just said, was that in a helicopter? Exactly, yeah. Fighter uh, jet. Let's have, have a quick look and see what I can find. Uh, 43.112 seconds. Sense, Write that yeah. down. Yeah, exactly. GTP, you're absolutely right. Um, 43.112. Going all the way back to 1956 here. First race, G production class and an MG category on April the 28th, 1957. Well, and it was a very famous... And then uh, Alfa Romeo Giulietta won the first race here. It was a very famous Formula Libre race here back in the day too with uh, Indy cars and uh, several Indy cars here. But it was actually won by a midget. I think it was it Roger Ward, wasn't it? Won, wow. won it here. Greg Ricks is upstairs. He'll, he'll know all of these things. Uh, but uh, it was Roger Ward won it won here in, a, in a, a USAC midget against various indie cars and you name it. All, it might even be a couple of Formula 1 cars or certainly Formula 2 type cars here. It's a, a stout field, but it was won by a midget. Brilliant. Mm. Dirt midget as well. 
Roger Penske won here with Charles Callanan in 1959 in a race called Little Le Mans in a Fiat Bath. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And such a track of nuance and commitment as well. A, you know, as Jeremy says, seven corners. And it looks fairly, uh, looks fairly simple in terms of the, uh, the layout. But absolutely brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go down to the pit lane. Shea Adam has this Continental Tire pit lane report with Guy Cosmos. Jeremy and I are just going to drift back gently into the history of Lime Rock Park and reminisce between ourselves. Go ahead, Shea. That's okay. I'll bring you forward into modern day. <laughs> Normally, when I want to talk to Guy Cosmo, I have to walk to the end of pit lane because you guys with Team TGM share a pit box with Action Express. They're always down at pit out. Well, this week, you guys are on your own, so you're all the way down at pit in. Does that throw you off at all when you come in for a practice session and you think, oh, shoot, my box is right there? No, it's perfect. You know, we're pit stalls one and two, so I roll into pit lane and boom, I'm home. It's perfect. And I don't have to walk as far from the paddock. That is always a very good point. When you come to Lime Rock Park, I mean, when you go to anywhere, there's always a smile on your face. But when you come to Lime Rock, there seems to be just some extra sparkle in your eye. What is it about this track that you love so much? You know, I grew up racing here. When I first started racing Formula Fords, uh, Lime Rock is one of the tracks I raced at most often, having lived in Long Island, New York. So I've got a lot of laps around here starting back in 1996. That'll date me a little bit, but um, I have some really great memories racing around here. And uh, it's, you know, as everyone says, it's a tight little bull ring, and everything happens real quick. And each lap happens one right after the other in a very short period of time. So it's easy to, to lose a lot and have a big deficit in a real short period of time. So you've really got to press hard constantly, but you cannot overdrive this track. If you do, you're just going to go to the back. So you've got to be really smooth and, uh, and be on top of it because, man, there's no room for mistakes here. Does this make it a track, then, where the driver makes more of a difference? I would say so, yeah, especially with the traffic we're going to have just minutes into the start of the race. We're going to be dealing with lap traffic right away. So you've really got to be on your game. You've got to be swift and clean getting through traffic. And try not to get held up, but you, you cannot force the issue because it won't be good for anybody. Is it good for you guys to have such an abbreviated weekend with just two days? you got so much going on today. You guys looking at that as a positive? Yeah, you know, we come to the track to do what we do. And uh, with, with a lot of forms of racing, there's just a lot of waiting. You know, hurry up and wait until you can get on track. Today, we just get to it. We get on track a number of times. We qualify. Tomorrow, we race. I love it. I think it's a great abbreviated schedule, and uh, I'm hoping the fans are going to love it, too. Well, you're really good at this whole racing thing. Good luck this weekend. Thanks, Shay. Great to see you. Uh, one of the smiliest men in a very smiley paddock that we have for Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge. Guy Cosmo loving being back in the championship full-time. Did a few bits and pieces over the last three or four seasons, but now back uh, for a full campaign and loving every moment of it and a pleasure to have drivers of his calibre uh, running in the championship we mentioned it i think last race jeremy how important it is to have people like guy uh like damien faulkner those type of drivers who are clearly very very good drivers very experienced drivers who can bring a lot bringing on talent whether it's gentleman driver talent 
who are here to, to have some fun and be competitive, whether it's young guys like Russell Ward, who's working with, with Damien at the moment. What we're getting there is we're getting their talent being pushed back through, if you like, refiltered back through. It's almost like a recycling of the talent that those type of, type of drivers. And the Continental Time Sports Car Challenge is really good at doing that. It is, isn't it? There's a great mix here of, of experience uh, and youth uh, and, and people out there just having some fun. Uh, it's, it's, it is a, a, an exciting an eclectic mix that works really, really well. And, you know, the, the, Kuno Whitman, there's another good example. I mean, just Perfect. three or four years ago, he was a champion in the, uh, in the uh, American Le Mans series in, in GTLM, you know, and, and here he is now uh, you know, bringing on you know, a, a, a lesser experienced driver in Rodrigo Salas and, and uh, you know, having some fun, still mm. racing competitively. Uh, as well, so uh, you know it ticks all the boxes, and you, you, you look at like look at someone like Spencer Pompelli, who's been around the sport a long, long time, and you know he's really made this championship uh, a, a kind of a springboard again. You know he got to go to Le Mans this year, um, and he, he is not doing as much racing as he would like, but he he loves what he's doing here in the uh, Intercontinental Tire Sports Car Challenge. Won the ST Championship, now now leading or he was leading this year again in GS with the team that won last year's GS Championship. That's the uh, RS1 oh. team in the Porsche Cayman. By the way, the Porsche Cayman has got a little bit of a, a break this weekend on the balance performance as well. They've got 15 kilos taken off the Porsche Cayman GT4 MRs for this weekend. What was the uh, the exclamation there, John? So, uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, Spencer Mabelli, he's, uh, he's actually jumped up into second place mm. in that number 28 Porsche Cayman. Uh, and that car, a few moments ago, had a coming together with the number 10 TCR uh, from Audi and it was being looked at and I've had two messages through now on the screen uh, drive through for the 10 for response incident responsibility with the 28 and drive through for the 28 for incident responsibility with the 10 so um, I, I guess that was I guess that's shared responsibility love then love but, it. but this I love it but this is a circuit where you have to have respect for other competitors there are places here and we've said this at a number of at circuits through the the season, but particularly here, Jeremy, poke your nose in where it's not wanted here, and it can have big repercussions. It, it can, and you know some fast corners here, the downhill. Uh, that's a commitment corner. It's oh. uh, just it's probably just about flat out in these cars. I don't think it's easy flat. I don't know. I no, it's not easy flat. No, certainly, no, it certainly isn't easy flat. No, uh, but it, I, I don't think it is flat. If it is. But it's it's 100 miles an hour on exit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's fast. And and, uh, the the, the area to the left-hand side of the racetrack there has been moved back over the years for what it used to be, but uh, it's still quite likely they'd have a big shunt. If you go off in that corner... There's a bit of curb there that didn't used to be back in the 80s. It was just a white line and then grass. At least there's a a rumble strip now. And on the apex of the corner also, there's a curb there as well, and we've seen it several times. Somebody... Uh, if two cars are running side by side through there, which they can do, but only if each has respect for Correct. the other. And several times we've seen the guy on the inside get up on that curb. It throws the car slightly to the left on the exit, uh, and oftentimes uh, caroms the uh, yeah. the outside car off into the boonies. We've seen that a lot here. So again, it's down to respect. You've got to leave yourself enough room and your and your rival enough room so that there isn't incidental contact that that is going to. Uh, have a big consequences. Such a lot of uh, 
deceptively fast corners here, that being one of them, because you want to take as much speed onto the Sam Posey straight across the start-finish line as you can. Just give you a little bit of a breather there, but not very much. I suppose it, you come out of the final corner onto that straight and so I go, oh, thank goodness I got through that. Take a breath. Oh, right, we're off again. And that's about as much time as you get here. Just to remind myself, I ran a few laps on uh, Forza Motorsport before I uh, came out on Tuesday. So Monday night I was on there. There's a couple of little GT challenges on at the moment for this month of July. And... Uh, one of the cars you could take was a Mitsubishi GTO, which is uh, Jeremy's uh, car of choice, which was very entertaining around here. Very entertaining. Most of the people had uh, chosen MX-5s, so I decided to go against the crowd. And uh, whilst I wasn't right in the top part, I got in within the, uh, the top 35, 36%, so I was quite happy with that. But you forget how much commitment you need for all of these corners. And uh, in fact, that version of it did have the chicane in and getting through the chicane you have to be absolutely perfect and on the power so early if you can in fact talking to the Porsche drivers last night for the IMSA WeatherTech Championship which will be coming up shortly just seeing that they like this because the chicane is a good Porsche corner because it rotates into there so well and you can ride the kerbs well through there no worries for the Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge competitors because we are using the traditional uphill so straight through and into that daunting right-hander with virtually zero runoff on the left-hand side Alan Brynjolfsson has climbed aboard the fastest car time put in by Trent Hinman earlier on 55.498 seconds with just on 18 minutes to go of this first free practice session Spencer Pompelli back into the pits in the second place Porsche third for Porsche now the number five 55.751 for that car. And Owen Trinkler going out in the TGM uh, Mercedes number 46 for his first goal of the morning. Yeah, Joe, Joe Robillard there taking over number five. Uh, body motion uh, Porsche from Stephen McAleer, who's got a lot of uh, time around this racetrack. And uh, Owen Trinkler actually walked across the track this morning from uh, parking the car with, with Owen's teammate uh, Hugh Plum. Uh, just talking about their you know, brief chat about their season so far. They've, they're have they well placed in the points. They've been uh, super consistent this year. Don't have quite the pace or results they want, but they are currently lying fourth in the points table and only 17 points out of lead, so not a million miles away at all. Uh, they've uh, you know, finished all of their races in the top uh, well, the worst finish is eighth, best fourth. So they're trying to step that up, and that's a good, strong, early run this weekend for the number 46 car, then. That's one of the two Team TGM entries. The sister car, number four, with Teji Vianis and Guy Cosmo currently in the seventh position. So a good early part of the weekend for that team. McLaren, number 76, in eighth position. Paul Holton last at the wheel of that car. I think Damien Faulkner might have lost a lap because I had a feeling he'd done a 55 and the car's best now showing as a 56 flat. Russell Ward now behind the wheel of the number 33. The Winwood Racing HTP Motorsport car. And in 11th position, um, Bryce Ward getting some time behind the wheel of the 57. The team car back this week after some remedial work required following the crash at the inner loop at Watkins Glen a couple of events ago congratulations to the team on getting that back 
together again. Had a quick chat with Indy Donshire this morning. Of course, every track he comes to over here, he's not been to before. Um, it'll be very interesting to hear his thoughts after a first few laps around here because there is really nothing to compare it with back in Europe. Possibly Brands Hatch Indy Circuit is possibly the only thing that, in terms of length and the topography, would give it a, a run for its money. Well, that's about it. Even the short circuit at Alton Park is quite a bit longer. But again, same in character, if not in length. TCR still led by the number 54. Now up into 10th position, by the way. 56 flat was that time that was put in earlier on. Michael Johnson is taking that car over. Oh, I think it was probably Michael uh, that was, said that time. I, I think imagine. it was Michael yeah. that said that time. You're yeah. absolutely right. I don't. I haven't seen Steve Simpson's name. Well, again. no, the, 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 it's they always because because Michael's can't get in the car. Uh, I, I would presume it was started by by yeah. uh, by Stephen, um, uh, by by Michael. I did see the car in. It was at a jaunty angle right underneath us. The pit boxes here are quite tight. Uh, second place for Kenton Cook. 54 share is the car that we're looking for. I'm not sure if Steve Simpson's been, Stephen Simpson's been in that car this morning. Uh, Stephen Simpson down in the pit lane at the moment with Shea Adam. He looks very uh, refreshed if he has been out. Stephen, they were just talking about you. They were wondering if your car was in the pit box. They couldn't see you over the tent. It's not here. You are here. Have you been out in it this morning? I have, yes. Uh, the JDC Miller Motorsports guys gave us a great car right out of the box. So... Um, I got in a couple laps this morning, and, uh, and now Michael's out there. Michael's doing a great job. So, um, yeah, it's pretty good. The track's pretty green right now, so uh, it should just get quicker as the session goes on and uh, even quicker this afternoon. How competitive is TCR going to be around here with the different fuel strategies if we get a yellow called in the right place? I mean, off the start, TCRs are going to be mixing it up with the GSs. They are, and um, you know, I think the TCR category is just fantastic. I think IMSA have done a fantastic job introducing it into the uh, Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge, and uh, you know, it's great to see. I think that we've got ten TCRs this weekend, and in my opinion, these grids are just going to continue to grow. And um, yeah, it's great to have the competition. Is it harder though when all the competition is in basically the same car as what you and Michael have? You know what? It, honestly, for us, it's, it feels good. The last couple of years, I felt like we were we, we were struggling with the with the car we had. Uh, so just to be on a level playing field now is is great. And um, honestly, I'm looking forward to seeing some other uh, manufacturers uh, join us here at TCR because, like I said, I think it's uh, it's a class of the future. How easy or difficult has it been to adapt this car for Michael? You know, it's, it has taken a couple of years to fine-tune what Michael needs and uh, to give him the, the best hand control system so he can, he can show his talent. And I think the last couple of races, he's really shown what he's capable of doing uh, with, with a good hand control system. So Michael's doing a great job. I'm really proud of him. And, um, yeah, just one more step to climb on this podium. Well, yeah, it's fourth in your first race, third in your second, second last time out. There's only one more spot up to go. Good luck this weekend. Appreciate it. Thank you. The uh, the only uh, variety in that TCR class, the VW Golf GTI TCR, which actually looks a picture uh, as well. These TCR cars, I think, look great. They sound great. They can be up to two litres. And they're 
rev within an inch of their lives. Though interestingly, the Peugeots, which we won't see over here, but we have seen in uh, European competition, still insist on using a 1.6 uh, engine. Uh, but uh, the TCR regs, uh, three or uh, I suppose, yeah, three, four or five door cars. Uh, they can be saloons or sedans, but they must be uh, front-wheel drive. And the boxy arches, I, I think, make them look fantastic. I am so surprised no one's done a special edition for the road yet, although it can't be too far away. Uh, had a good look around the Hyundai uh, i40N, or N40 as it's called, at uh, Silverstone earlier in the year when it debuted in the 24 hours of Silverstone. That's another lovely piece of engineering. And, and the, the reason that I think, Jeremy, that people are catching on to this is in the past for this type of racing at, the, at this level, people have been building their own cars. And as cars have become, as street cars have become more sophisticated, trying to turn a street car with street ABS and street traction control and all the safety features into a race car has become progressively harder the fabrication skills that you need haven't changed that much, but you've got to be a computer engineer as well to make this work. And, and now TCR gives you the opportunity of buying a manufacturer-built and supported race car for... It, all right, nothing in racing is cheap, but it's certainly cost-effective. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And just look at even the company as, as the companies as McLaren, when they brought the... Uh, the 570 SGT4 car over here last year and tried to run that on the banking at Daytona. Oh, yeah. The computer right. system says, uh -uh. well, that presumed the car, I think, was going end over end over the banking because it couldn't cope with the fact that it was at, you know, at whatever the... 30-odd degrees, yeah, yes. Exactly. So, uh, you know, the, the, and, and we've seen, and also, talking number 54 team, JDC Miller Motorsports, when they had their BMW for the first time again last year, trying to develop that car to run the electronics, particularly with the hand control system that Michael needed because he's paralyzed from the chest down. Just, again, an amazing story, that guy. That young man, truly an inspiration. Uh, but they, they, that team had so much problems getting that uh, computer system on the car to cope with what was required in a racing environment. And so that is n another reason why TCR, I think, is, is, is going to be uh, so popular. It's, I mean, it's absolutely exploded in Europe. There's a British series, there's a European series, there's an international series. There are very, very solid grids in endurance racing. 20, I think there's 22 cars at the Silverstone 24 hours and uh, late teens to 20s in most of the endurance races in the FIN National Endurance Series. That's the, the Kreventnik Run Series. Um, people finding that these cars are good value to buy and to run. And in fact, actually, the longer the races, the better value they seem to uh, become. And a lot of fun to drive as well. And the, the TCR regulations, and the IMSA are the guardians of the TCR regulations over here in the, the US in conjunction with uh, TCR International, um, Marcello Lotti's uh, organisation. He came up with the concept for these cars. And uh, anything over an hour, you're allowed what's called an endurance kit on the cars. The, the sprint format, the cars have... Uh, no traction control, no ABS. But in endurance, as well as getting a slightly bigger fuel tank uh, and things like um, jacks, air jacks and things like that, um, you're also allowed TC, TC on the TCRs uh, and ABS. You don't have to have them. And I've got to say, the amount of downforce these cars have, it's pretty difficult to lock 
the front wheels up at speed. Obviously, as the aero blades off, it's a little easier. A very, very fun, a very, very fun car to drive. And uh, trying to work my way into a drive later in the season in an endurance race in one of the TCR cars, which I'm thoroughly looking forward to. Yeah, I bet. So we've got now just seven and a half minutes of the first free practice for the IMSA Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge. We're live trackside, just coming up to 11 o'clock in the morning on a beautiful Friday morning, two-day meeting, Friday and Saturday. If you're listening to us in the northeastern part of the US at the moment and you can finish relatively early today and drive over or you can get up early in the morning and drive over, uh, we've got... Uh, a, a warm-up, a qualifying session, two races tomorrow. It's worthwhile for the trip. The weather is set fair, and it has to be one of the best value weekends in all of motorsport with uh, two highly competitive GT races for you in the Continental Tire and then the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship here at Lime Rock Park. So wherever you're listening to us, but particularly if you're within a few hours' drive, what else were you going to do yeah, tomorrow? We'll, yeah, we'll Cut the grass? Here. Come on. Get in the car. Lovely drive up here as well from pretty much wherever you're coming from. The back roads around here are superb. No, no wonder so many good drivers come from around this neck of the woods. Yeah, so the speed limit's really low and there's lots of slow drivers around. <laughs> Blue flags, Jeremy. Blue flags. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, they weren't moving over last night. <laughs> So no major changes in times at the moment. People dialing themselves in with the uh, top times remaining the same, but still in the very competitive area of 55 seconds at the sharp end of the GS field, which is a, only a tenth or so away from lap record pace. It's still the Bimmer World BMW number 81 that leads ST by about half a second, which round here actually is quite a lot of time from the Mini, Nate Norenberg behind the wheel of the 37. Uh, Mark Pombo in the 73, which is the yellow car. Yellow Mark, that's how I remember. No, it's Matt, isn't it? <sighs> Matt. Uh, 73 Matt, 73 Matt. Uh, I'm, 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 I, I know, I I'm know. I'm going to apologise right now because I'm just not doing it right. Matt and Lamara together. That doesn't really help. Uh, he's in third position on a one minute. There are only four cars in the whole field who've been over a one minute. Uh, and welcome back to the 66 Riley Mazda as well, by the way. Not a regular competitor for the Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge, but tends to come out for this area of the world. So Watkins Glen... Canadian Tire Motorsport Park and here at the Lime Rock Park event. Yeah, this is uh, very much the, the, those guys' local track. For, uh, Jameson from Darien, Connecticut. Uh, AJ from Norwalk, two brothers. And uh, great to see that little family team back again with that Mazda MX-5. It's, it's not really eligible the, anymore, the, the MX-5. But, um, hey, the, yeah, the, we love having the, those guys here, that little family-run team. And uh, so, just sort of, you know, it's... Let's get grandfathered in that, that MX-5 and, and great to see it here this weekend. And uh, they were out at Watkins Glen also. That Watkins Glen isn't really a track that suited that car because 
uh, it's a bit too fast. But here, the, the nimbleness of, mm. the, of the MX-5 uh, makes it uh, a much more of a competitive proposition. Uh, this from Pete Jamieson, who's tweeted at IMSA Radio. He says, just listening to you talk, he says, I'm up to Lime Rock Park tomorrow and I will be bringing my three-year-old for their first IMSA race. Looking forward to being there again. Well worth the drive up from New York City. Uh, ear defenders for the three-year-old. I, I, I feel I'm preaching to the converted there, PJ, but um, just worthwhile seeing. But yeah, lovely weather. Ear defenders, big hat, uh, lots of sunscreen and lots of water. Because I've Possibly even an umbrella for the youngster to, to hide under. But it's going to be a cracking day tomorrow. Early start from New York City. And it is well worth that drive. Did it on uh, Tuesday evening in a rainstorm. <laughs> in a very, very dark indeed. Things getting underway on Saturday with the warm-up for the WeatherTech Championship. Which is actually free practice four because we've got qualifying straight after uh, that. And then we're into the racing with Continental Tire at Lime Rock Park 120 green flagged at 11.10 but plenty of chance to see the cars in the open pit lane before that and then the feature race 10 past 3 green flag and again open pit lane before that for the North East, North East Grand Prix for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship 2 hours and 40 minutes for that 2 hours for the Conti race and if of course you can't make it here you can watch the Conti race and the qualifying for the IMSA WeatherTech Championship live on IMSA.tv with our trackside comms. No breaks, no blocks for them around the world. Just seen a quick change at the top of the charts mm. overall. Hugh Plum, uh, of whom we were talking a little while ago, in number 46, Team TGM Mercedes, uh, goes to the top of the charts by uh, 0 0.021 of a second. Doesn't matter about how much. 55.477 on his 47th lap during this session. So getting plenty of lap times in this week, this uh, this morning. That's Owen Trinkler and Hugh Plum. And uh, good to see that car. We, Hugh was saying they, they need to find a bit more outright speed. Well, that's a good start this weekend to be top of the charts now with uh, less than two minutes remaining in his first practice. This is a track, I think, that will suit the AMG GT4s yeah. the minimum corner speeds are quite high for the most part particularly in the configuration that we're using they lack a little bit of torque pulling out the corners in the first two or three gears but they're not using them so very much around here and they are a very very good car through medium to high speed corners yeah so we've now got Mercedes Ford Porsche the top three then uh, Hugh Plum and car number 46, that's a Mercedes. Number 7 car, uh, the Ford of Trent Hinman, it was who set that time. Number 28, Porsche Cayman, a Spencer Pompelli in third position. The uh, the only Audi, Tyler McQuarrie and Jeff Westfall, they lie seventh at the moment in at number 39. Yeah, under Audi a second door. I mean, we've, we've still uh, got... Under half, half a second. Under, yeah, half, a under second. half a second, yeah. yes. And, and a, bit, a good improvement, by the way, last time, and also for Justin Piscitel oh, yes. in the Marilla Racing Car number 65. That's a teammate to the 56. Kind of mirror image comers there. Uh, orange and white and orange and black, uh, respectively for number 65 and 56. Eric Foss, the uh, de facto team leader there, along with... Uh, with uh, Jeff Mosing there, currently 13th position, uh, a full six-tenths off the uh, outright time. And at the, in this session so far, we've got three different uh, drivers and cars actually setting the three 
different sector fastest times. The first sector, I like Stephen McAleer in the Porsche. The middle sector, Trent Hinman in the Ford. And the final sector, Hugh Plum in the Mercedes. That's kind of cool, isn't it? Uh, just heard from P. Jamieson. Uh, the hearing protection sorted, as is the sunblock. He says, thanks for the shout-out. He'll be wearing his Ryan DL T-shirt. So the smallest Ryan DL T-shirt on sale <laughs> will be here tomorrow with three-year-old Jamieson Jr. enjoying his first IMSA race. Hope he enjoys it. Uh, thanks for tweeting in at IMSA Radio. You can do that right across the weekend. Checkered flag is out. And Ted Giovannis, I think one of the first certainly to see it as he went through in the eighth place number four Mercedes. There goes Nate Stacey in the number 60 Ford. Resplendent in that uh, very shiny colour scheme again this weekend. Rest of the cars going through on the front straight now extraordinarily tight at the sharp end of the field 11th position by the way for the best of the TCR cars and that is still the 54 car Michael Johnson I think it was Stephen Simpson's time I think we sorted that one out with a 56 flat yeah my error there no, no, fine Kenton Cook with a 56-2 in the number 12 car which was the quickest in the early part of the session, the e Europarts car, and the 75 first of the Compass 360 racing cars uh, in third position in TCR, uh, but with a lot of GS cars between them. Now, th there will be a split grid, so whatever the TC, wherever the TCR cars qualify, they will start behind the GS cars and uh, might need to have a little bit of a gap between them because they are going to be in time Time-wise, about halfway up, the guys who qualify at the front are going to be about halfway up the GS grid. Uh, in ST, I don't think the Bimmer World BMW was headed in that one-hour session. The number 81 then from the 37 and the 73 lining up in team formation, the two minis. So that was an improvement uh, near to the end there. The Riley Mazda, the 66 in fourth, and then Maxwell Faulkner in the 21 Porsche and the half dozen made up by the 52 mini Chris Mullen behind uh, Colin Mullen sorry behind the I did that before uh, yeah the youngster 16 yeah, Colin years Mullen, of age, yep. Chris Mullen my former MP up in uh, Sunderland when I lived yeah. up there Colin Mullen sorry Colin um, and uh, those top six pretty close yeah. together as well pretty much what we expect Jeremy from the IMSA Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge with uh, the top, what, six, seven, eight cars all within half a second of each other. Yeah, it's going to be uh, tied around here. We're going to, the, the, the cars are going to be closely matched. So the, the, there's going to be thousands between these cars when it comes down for qualifying, which will be, what, later on this afternoon, isn't mm. it? Yeah, 3.40 will be qualifying. We've got two more practice sessions before that. The next one for the Continental Ch Car Challenge will be at 12.45. That'll be for 45 minutes. And at 3.15, there'll be a 15-minute practice session leading in directly to qualifying, which will start at 3.40. Thanks to Shea Adam, our Continental Tire Pit Lane reporter. Jeremy Shaw was alongside me, John Hindorf. IMSA Radio, RS2, every session from Lime Rock Park this weekend. No need to tune away then. Might as well leave it locked in to IMSA Radio. This programme is a production of IMSA and Radio Show Limited. For more, visit RadioLeMond.com.